I've prayed and thought about I'd all week uh, what to uh, speak about and uh, what to preach. And the Lord kind of reassured and settled my heart uh, with what to speak on. And uh, just let me uh, assure you, and that, boy, the, the, the hymns already, the hymns that Brother Norman picked out and the special have all, of course, kind of... Uh, pointed toward this and i love the hymn that you picked out you know about being on the lord's side it's not about you know the side of uh your side or my side but we need to be on the lord's side and so rest assured uh like many have already stated uh is in our country is changing so rapidly that it is never a time to panic as a child of God, never a time to panic. He is still on his throne. <laughs> God is still God. And Jesus is still your Savior. No matter what happens, no matter what the world throws at you, and even if our nation were to completely, uh, in our viewpoint, fall apart uh, we can still remain faithful to the Lord. And so I, I hope to assure you of some things this morning. And uh, go ahead and open your Bibles this morning to Psalms 33. Let's all stand to read this one verse of Scripture together. Psalm 33. This is, a, a, this is definitely a verse we all need to take to heart. And that we all need to claim this morning. The word of God says this. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. Father, may you be honored and lifted up and glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing for this just... I mean, if we can't stand for our nation and God is maybe in some people's eyes, God is no longer the God of our nation. And <clears throat> I definitely couldn't disagree with that. He's, uh, he's there. He's on his throne. He's on your side, your heart. God's there. Let me run through some things and, and just thinking about it. First of all, I, you know, it's, it, whenever you're traveling like that onto a conference and, doing a lot of driving it seems like you get out of touch we were driving back and for some reason i said i'm on i'm gonna turn on the news and and we have a a fox news channel in our van our minivan that we were driving and and so we listened all the way till to about uh, the supreme court's decision on uh, thursday and uh, about the affordable care act and what they decided there and then also of course listening but what it's come down to, again, is two different uh, uh, worldviews. How do you view the world? You can view the world through this. This this is the world. It's called a Christian worldview. How do I view the world? How do I view how we should live? And the rest of the country, the rest of the world, views the world without this. Just take away the Bible. It's not included in their decisions um i've stated uh, our country's changing our culture is changing 
Our government is changing. Times are changing. People's views are changing. But there's some things that I want to assure you of this morning that do not change. And we'll look at those four things. Number one, God doesn't change. His word doesn't change. Sin doesn't change as much as the way you can sin. There's only three ways you can sin. And the Bible bears that out. Um, how to go to heaven has not changed and will never change. Uh, we're facing a very complex time. Uh, and it's, but the thing is, people have already faced this time before. Will we eat the meat offered by the world? Now, Daniel 1, Daniel and his friends, Daniel and his companions said, we will not eat the meat given to us by the world. Now, the world's meat is this. The world's meat is that uh, it's okay. Now, let's go ahead and I want to qualify some things and say this as I preach about America's turning point. Uh, the world, and we're really focused on the same-sex marriage issue, but you could... We've already faced a lot of these things before. We've already, and we've already faced as, as bad as much as uh, homosexual marriage is an abomination in God's eyes. Uh, what about Roe v. Wade? The murder of innocent children. Our country, I mean, and also just taking, they've taken away prayer out of schools. They've taken away prayer out of this and prayer because somebody might be offended. Uh, we've already, uh, taken the Ten Commandments out of courtrooms. And, and you see, so decisions have already been made that have brought God to tears. Decisions have already been made that have caused God to be hurt because we have let Him go. We have stopped, and, and even though that you say, well, I haven't, and that's true, but a lot of times we believe and we pray, but we're never heard. And it's kind of like that old adage, uh, the Nazi uh, country, and they came for the uh, the Democrats, and I didn't speak up, and then they came for the uh, the Polish people, and I didn't speak up, and then they came for the Jews, and I didn't speak up. When they came for me, there was nobody to speak. And uh, a lot of times it's that way, and that's what happened in the 30s and the 40s in Germany. But, uh, and also this, you know, and I think about Daniel 1, will we eat the meat given to us by our government? Will we bow to the government's idol when the music is played? Daniel chapter 3. When the music is played and the government plays its song, will we bow down? Will we bow down to what the government says we should bow down to? There was three of them that said, we will not bow down when the music is played. And then they go, they go through the legislature and they pass a law in Daniel chapter 6. And they pass a law and there was somebody that had the courage to say, even though the law of the land states this, I will not stop praying. I will not stop preaching. I will not stop assembling. But what if, you know, and right now, as bad as it is, did you know really, really, and most people in this room, homosexual marriage does not directly affect you. It doesn't directly affect you. But what's going to happen is, and what's going to come up, and this needs to be your prayer now, is that, and it's called religious freedom. Religious freedom, because what do they say 
when I, what do they say when you and I choose to disagree? What's going to happen to businesses and religious universities and religious schools and private Christian schools and pastors in their pulpit and even you on your job and you say, and you say, I disagree. Will you be labeled a hate monger? Uh, some other, you can just, I mean, we can go on and on, but what I'm talking about is religious freedom. We're, that's the next thing. And that's where, that's really, really and truly, this first step, again, yes, it affects the whole gamut of everybody and everything, but it doesn't directly affect us. What's going to directly affect us is our religious freedoms. But in light of all that, whether somebody chooses uh, any sin, now let's not just pick on homosexual sin. We could talk about the sin of, uh, of uh, you know, gossiping, the sin of cussing, the sin of drinking, the sin of uh, living together, the sin of uh, sex outside of marriage. And, you know, but what, it, listen, listen, all of these things are just, they're just common. They become accepted in our society. And, you know, we, we say, well, does God want that? That's it. That's we look to God's word. And that's why I want to bring up some points, how we should react, how we should view things according to God's holy word. OK, and uh, this is a new territory. But, folks, God's Holy Spirit and his word will convict and guide your hearts in all of these things. We've already had the sexual revolution and uh, in the 60s and now it even affects us today. And uh, that uh, <clears throat> and what's going to happen is and I love the way one preacher put this and in the 60s and the 70s and, and I may have my times uh, decades or whatever, you know, different or uh, in a different decade. But the sexual revolution, people found out, well, I can have sex outside of marriage. I can do what I want. Love, love, you know, it's all about, you know, peace in the 60s and peace and and love. And that's what we want. Peace and love, peace and love. But then they found out how empty that is. Folks, even though they, they being those who are pro-homosexual marriage, and even heterosexuals might say, I'm, I want them to be, have freedom. But you know what's going to happen? When you do things other than God's way, when you do things other than God's plan, when you violate God's plan, it's going to be empty. It's not going to fulfill it's not going to give peace. When you go against God, there's, it's going to be hollow. And it's going to be empty inside. And so that, even in the uh, sexual revolution, they found out that, hey, God's way was right. Matter of fact, uh, our current president uh, put a victory sign on a, on a tweet and a post. And he followed it with a hashtag. And that was the hashtag right there. And it's called love wins, referring to that that uh, you should be able to love anybody you want to. But folks, God already had that hashtag, and it's called John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, and hey, folks, you can. We are not to hate anybody. You are not to hate anybody's uh, uh, any person on this planet. You are to love people. The Bible, this book, God's book, His Holy Word, demands that you love all people. 
Yes, you can stand against lifestyles. Yes, you can stand against choices. And you can even condemn choices as sin, perversion, and as God's Word says, an abomination. And that's, But that's a, there's a difference between a sin, a choice, and a person. The Bible says in your book, your Bible and my Bible, for God so loved heterosexuals, homosexuals, all the, the ins and outs of sin, and He wants them to repent and turn to Him. And He takes just ordinary country rednecks, and He says, yep, yeah, you like to cuss and drink and have fun and live life. We think, well, we're really not in harming anybody by being out here at the deer camp and just and carrying on a big talk and cussing and drinking. And, and guess what? That's the same logic that the homosexuals use. We want to live our life and do our thing, and we're not hurting anybody. We're not harming anybody. Uh, so I think instead of trying to live the way you want to live and to live the way they want to live, we need to live like God wants us to live and make choices the way God wants us to make them. And so America's turning point is going to come down to this. And there's some things I want to share with you. How, uh, what we, how should we respond? Number one, we need to share the good news. And this is not in your bulletin. This is right before we get started. We need, number one, we need to share the good news of Christ, our Savior, by personally investing your life in the lost and, and keep loving people. Just keep loving people. Number two, you need to read your Bible prayerfully. Be a hearer and doer of the word. Next, you need to be holy. Don't condemn people. Condemn choices. God, you're not in the condemning people business. God will take care of that. Okay, you're, you can condemn sin and choices, but there's a difference. It's the same thing. It means love the sinner, hate the sin. That's what it's talking about. That's what our Bible says. Next, encourage other believers to walk holy. Worship God daily. Support missions locally, statewide, nationally, and globally. By the way, just stopping there. Let me go ahead and say this. Let me go ahead and say this, that all of us in here, we need to realize that uh, all of these things, we should be doing them already. All of these things, we should be doing them already. We need to grow in faith by exercising faith. Be humbled by His grace. And lastly, pray believing that God hears and answers us. But remember, we're supposed to be doing those things already. Um, Love people, not the choices we make. I, I can... It doesn't matter. There's nobody in here that's any... uh, You might commit more sins, but I'm just as much a sinner as you are. I'm just as guilty before God as anybody on this planet. I am. And I'm even a pastor. Uh, and And a lot of times we fall into the trap of trying to justify... When you look horizontally... It's easy to justify yourself horizontally. And, and it is. I mean, you can look at somebody in an Ashley County jail and say, well, I'm better than them because, well, most time we're better than them just because the, we didn't get caught. <laughs> I'm better than them because if they knew what I was thinking, they would arrest all of us. 
But the Bible says just by thinking it, we're guilty in his eyes. In his eyes, we're just as guilty as the person who did it. And uh, so a lot of times, uh, and, and again, uh, please don't, don't take uh, and say that I'm definitely not uh, uh, going to, I don't condemn people. I, I, I do condemn a lifestyle. But it's not just, we can pick on that one sin because of what the Supreme Court decided. But folks, there's more sins than that. We stand here in need of just as much repentance as they do. Did you realize that? We stand in need of repenting me. I'm your pastor, and I need to ask God for forgiveness every day. I have to ask Him for forgiveness every day. Most of my sins are in my heart, my mind, and, and, uh, and, and, I, and I try to stay humble and say, God, what do you want me to do? Number one, let's look at some things that, <clears throat> that don't ever change. And I know I've taken up half the message with this, this introduction, but these next parts just kind of go, to, and I want to hit that last one. And God doesn't change. Malachi 3.6, just uh, real quick, uh, I'm just going to run through some scriptures. These are pretty awesome scriptures. Uh, by the way, on this first one, uh, this is a deep subject. I was uh, getting the scriptures together. I said, boy, I forgot how deep... Uh, you know, as God being uh, not changing, and uh, his uh, uh, his nature doesn't change. Malachi three six, it says this. Get over here. There we go. For I am the Lord, uh, and I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob, are you not consumed? This is what some people call the immutability of God. That just means his nature does not change. He, uh, James 1.17, uh, this is another scripture. Just fly over here and look at James chapter 1 and verse 17. The Word of God says here, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And uh, sometimes we say Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's, of course, the Scripture. And what that means is He's still Savior. He's still God. He's still standing. He's still holy. He will never change His holiness. God will never make a mistake. God will never stop being God. He won't be more of a God. Did y'all realize that? He won't be any more of a God tomorrow than He is today. He's not any less. He won't ever be less of a God than He is. He won't ever change. He won't ever get better. He won't ever get worse. He won't ever get any younger or older. (laughs) He doesn't change. His nature doesn't change. The Bible does say his plans can change. And, uh, or excuse me, his plans don't change, but he can change his mind. That's that's where that gets kind of complicated. Numbers chapter, this is pretty cool scripture. Numbers chapter 23 and verse 19. Talking about the nature of God. Numbers 23 and 19. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? In other words, according to this, if he speaks it, God is going to do it unless he in his omniscience that means he knows that i'm going to give you a choice 
And God's got a plan. He says, I'm going to do this unless the people repent, and then he'll do this. So he, w- he can and does change his mind. Changing his mind does not mean he changes his nature. And really it doesn't mean he changes his plan. He just has two plans. Did you know God's will and has a plan for everybody to be saved? But he also has a plan for those who don't choose Jesus Christ as Savior. And so <clears throat> look at this. Matter of fact, so his nature doesn't change. But look at Exodus. These are two easy. There's a bunch more than this. But these are two easy scriptures. Exodus 32:14. This one's pretty easy to understand. Moses came down from the mountain. He saw the people running around. They were running around naked having a party and bowing down to a golden statue. Remember the golden calf? And he was going to kill them all. And Moses intervened. He stood up. And notice what it says here in Exodus 32:14. And the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do, and all that means is he changed his mind. Because why? Because somebody intervened. This other scripture is the same way. Look at uh, the book of Jonah. And, uh, of course, you know the story, Jonah and the whale. But he went over there, he preached to them, and he says, I'm going to destroy your town. I'm going to destroy the United States of America. But if people would humble themselves before Almighty God, he might do this. Look at this scripture, Jonah 3.10. And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he said... He would do unto them. And guess what he did? He did it not. So can God change his mind? Yes. Can God change his nature? No. And uh, he's got a plan. All right? So God's, God does not change. God's word does not change. Real quickly, two scriptures. And I know I've got a typo in there. How do we? And uh, that was supposed to be, if you have a bulletin, that was supposed to be something else. And uh, But anyway, I'll just go through it. Uh, real quick, God's Word does not change. Matthew 5 and Luke 21. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 18, the Word of God says this. Uh, For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass away, not one jot or tittle, and that re- reference to Hebrew characters, shall in no wise pass from the law till all is fulfilled. And then this scripture is even more uh, explicit or detailed. Look at Luke 21 and verse 33. Luke 21 and verse 33. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. God's word, this book right here. Uh, matter of fact, the Bible says the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. This is uh, Jesus Christ fulfilled everything in here. He did everything in here just right. He fulfilled. He didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. By the way, Old Testament, New Testament. Now I know, and you got to read the Bible in context, which means. Uh, are the Jewish dietary laws, are we still under the law? No. All of the uh, laws, of the, especially the Ten Commandments, there were 613 total, 
after the Ten Commandments, so there was a total of 613. Not all of them refer to us. All of them were, the Ten Commandments were repeated in the New Testament except for the Sabbath law for us to do and for us to command. So why do we worship on the first day of the week instead of the Sabbath day, which is a Saturday? Because Jesus Christ rose from the grave on a Sunday. That's why we worship on the first day of the week now. We don't worship on a Saturday anymore, okay? We still should observe as a pattern of health a day of rest. Okay, we should still wash our hands, even though that's not commanded and so on and so forth and da, 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 da. But what it is, is you I want to assure you this book is still reliable. This book is still trustworthy. This book is still the only instruction book that we have on how to live. Matter of fact, did you know if you take this and you can't take it out of existence, but if you could, we would have no standard for right and wrong. There's no, I mean, there's no standard for what's right and wrong without this book. No, you say, well, men govern themselves. Men don't know how to govern themselves. Well, I mean, what's, I mean, some say love wins. Well, what if, you know, what if you wanted to love a turtle? I want to marry my turtle. You know, I've got my pet turtle. I'm going to marry my, but I love my turtle. I want to marry my turtle. You know, you could just use that logic for anything. How do you know what's right or what's wrong or what you can marry or what you can't marry? There's no justification and no logic without this. And so it's still reliable. It's still trustworthy. You cannot use just love wins as logic for doing whatever you want. Because you could love anything and marry anything or anyone of any age or any connection. And so sin does not change. What is sin? The Bible simply states, this is uh, just real sad. I love it when the Bible's simple. Sometimes it's, it's vague, and that's when it requires extra study. 1 John 3, verse 4, the Bible says this, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth the law. Law just means what did God say? <clears throat> For sin is what? Transgression of the law. What did God say? That's what sin is. How do we sin? Well, this is the way it works. Just back up a couple of pages. James chapter 1, verse 14. Actually, look at verse 13. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God, he doesn't dangle sin in front of you. God made me this way. No, no, that's the reason that alcoholics crave alcohol is because of sin. The reason that uh, drug addicts crave drugs is because of sin. Our body, I would, if I could, I would eat a thousand pound banana pudding if you give me a big enough spoon, okay? Just, I mean, and, but would it be sin? Yes, it would be sin. So just because my body craves it doesn't mean I should say yes to everything my body craves. Because it'll harm you, it'll hurt you. And again, how do you know right from wrong? God's holy word. So just because your body craves it doesn't mean... So and then what happens? But every man, at verse 14, every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. 
There's only three sins, the Bible says, not Michael Reese. Only three sins. All of them fall under three categories. Look at verse John 2 and verse 16. For all that is in the world. And folks, either you believe that this morning or you don't. For all that is in the world, every sin, every sin imaginable, every corrupt thing imaginable, is either the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, or the pride of the life. But guess what? It says those things are not of the Father, but of this world, this broken, tainted world. Well, lastly, in closing, now, again, uh, they can, they, they, I hear people say, and, and I just want to pass this along, and you probably already know this. It's just the way we play on words. They say, well, they passed the law. Well, no, they didn't. <laughs> and just five guys told our country that any law that bans it is wrong. That's all they did. So, by the way, judges can't pass the law, and uh, not technically. But uh, nevertheless, this is what I want to reassure you of. God is still on His throne. Jesus still loves you. God is still in the soul-saving business. And no matter what you're facing now, no matter what you're, uh, you think about our country, our leadership, you can still share the gospel. You can still preach. You can still tell people God loves them. You can still thank the Lord. We still have religious freedom. And so let us, let us do it. Let us share it. Uh, let us tell people that, uh, even if they're, even, it doesn't matter what they're doing. It doesn't matter what sin you have or committed. Tell them God loves you. He wants you to turn to Him. He wants you to live for Him. He wants us all, everybody in here, including the pastor, to repent of sin, to fall on my knees before Him and say, God, I need you. I need to follow you. I need to live for you. And again, I'm no better. So lastly, maybe you've never been saved. Maybe there's somebody in here that's never been saved. This will never change. Number one is that it is God's will for you to be saved. I love this passage, Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise. As some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, and is not willing that any should perish. But how many need to be saved? But that all should come to repentance. And then, of course, the famous scriptures. And uh, John 14.6 and Acts 4.12. And they state this. John 14.6, Jesus said this. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. And then I love also Acts 4.12. And it says this, There's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And folks, there's only one name a person can come to know Jesus Christ as, or our Savior. And it's, and it's Him. It's, there's only one way to end the heaven. And folks, love does win. And it's John 3.16, of course, for God so loved the world. That love wins on the cross. God had it before the world uh, turned it upside down. 
God loves you more than anything. And it doesn't matter your background, your lifestyle, or your past mistakes. God loves you. God loves you more than anything. We need to love people and tell them about Jesus. It doesn't matter what... It, it, God can erase everything and give you a brand fresh new beginning this morning as we prepare for a hymn invitation. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for what you've done. And I thank you that even though our country may make decisions that disagree with your word, uh, realize that this is not the first time. This is our country has made many decisions that uh, violate your word. And so we should just keep doing what we've been doing all along. And that's preaching and standing for the truth and telling others about your love and telling others about forgiveness and grace and mercy. And, and Father, that uh, we wouldn't bury our heads in the sand, and, but we wouldn't shy away from standing for what's right and what uh, Your Word says. We wouldn't back up from someone that disagrees with us, but we'll say... I just see things according to the Bible. And Father, help us to do it lovingly. Help us to stand for You firmly, though, and to stand for Your truth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.